You're listening to your free agency extravaganza NBA podcast with David and Kane. How are you doing, Kane? <laughs> I thought you were going to come out. The air horns. Okay. Kane, things might get a little bit uncomfortable for you. That's all I'm going to say. We might need to talk about Kyrie. Little Mountain. Our listener, dear Hoyan. <laughs> Things might get a little bit uncomfortable. I think we might have to talk about your Detroit Pistons. <laughs> What's happening Ooh, over there? I like it. What's I happening? Like <laughs> That's a bit of a curveball, but okay. That's, there's a lot of big news hap- items, obviously. Okay, I, I want to start at the top. The non-deal. The deal that we want to happen, or at least I, w- I really want to happen, but hasn't happened yet. And I think there's a lot of moving parts to this because it's pretty uh, interesting. Like, yeah, how's it kind of unfolded? The Houston Rockets. You're talking about James Harden. I'm talking about John Wall requesting out of Washington. Big, <laughs> big okay. deal. Big deal out of the... Okay. All right. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Houston. I'm talking about Houston. Okay, you're talking, talking about Houston. Sears. But we'll get back to John Wall because I think it actually does have a, a pretty important impact on your, your nets. Uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. James Harden in particular has requested specifically to go to the Nets. And the Sixers. The question is, who shuts up and listens first? Because as we know, Houston owner Tillman Fertata, Fertita, whatever his name is, he is very bitter about this. On one hand, he doesn't want to lose James Harden. On on the other hand, Fertata, he's not going to give away James Harden to Daryl Morey, who just dumped him. Yeah, and also, he he wants to keep Harden, uh, but... And and Westbrook, they've even said enough. They've even said that they're comfortable uh, to roll into next season with these two two uh, you know frazzled stars. But it, he doesn't want to spend any money to you know build a team around them. Um, he's he's extremely tight, and it doesn't help that in you know in the entire time that he's owned this team, and they've had so much postseason success. I mean, not no championships, but they've been quite successful getting into having quite deep postseason runs. Um, that he's not willing to, I don't know, spend more money to help help this team get to the next level. Um, he's kind of cheapened out, and I think James Harden at this point now knows the writing's on the wall with this team. Westbrook, his buddy, wants out, and Harden sees this opportunity to join Kevin Durant, join Kyrie Irving, form a super team like none other. Uh, not since the Heatles back in 2010. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. And, and to play for Mike D'Antoni, who I, I know he, he loves playing for, I think it's a match made in heaven. Um, I know the Nets are going to have to give up the farm for James Harden, including like numerous, numerous, numerous first-round picks. But I think it's... I, I personally think it's worth it. It's just whether the Rockets are ready to pull the trigger on... Uh, proposed deal but i think any proposed deal that the nets give is going to be sweeter than the Sixers, just because uh they want a star they want a star player and i don't think harris levert's at that level but he's pretty close like there's some seasons and a few weeks where he's playing at a fringe all-star level um so if they make him the the go-to guy maybe they get the bubble harris levert in the because the bubble harris levert was averaging like over 20 points per game or you know something crazy um and then you throw in a young center like Jared Allen. You throw in Spencer Dinwiddie, a good a good guy off the bench. It's it's got a good a few players. And then you you know the Nets also own all the first round picks, so they can they can give a lot to the Rockets. And I think the Rockets 
should be should give Harden, especially they should give the the franchise star, the guy that has given everything to his franchise, and 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 I don't know, continue to just do everything for this team. If he wants out, I think they should fulfill his wishes, basically, like do right by him because he's given so much to the to this franchise. And I think the owner should and this organization should do right to to James Harden. No, you don't agree. Do you get the feeling that for Tata, it's going to do right by Harden? No, 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 no. no. I know. I'm saying that's not that might have not happened, but I'm saying that sh- that should be the that should be the goodwill that they should give. If Daryl Morey is still there, I think that there's a good chance of that happening. Now that Morey is out of there, I think there's a very slim chance that this doesn't get very nasty. For Tata has already come out and said that he's willing to get uncomfortable, quote unquote, uncomfortable. I don't know what that means. His pants are off right now, man. He, his pants are off. As okay, <laughs> he's gone native. Okay, he's gone native. He what doesn't. Do do? He doesn't care. He's, he's got his, his pants off. He's spread out. He's like, what do you want to do now? What do you want to do? Exactly. His hotels are being bankrupt. He's borrowing massive hundreds of millions of dollars. He doesn't care. Okay, he doesn't care now. But let's get to brass tacks. And I guess Houston doesn't want to just facilitate the next super team that could dominate the NBA for the next three years. Exactly. So, you know, if Harden just plays shitty, I don't think that's enough to do it. So what Harden needs to do, basically, is to pull a Jimmy Butler, is to berate the other players, undermine the coach. That new coach, God bless him, okay? He's going to have a very hard time. I think the other aspect was, like, they're washing their hands off, like, the dirt off their hands regards to Daryl Morey, um, you know, uh, when he had that pro-Hong Kong tweet, um, which cost him billions of dollars, cost NBA billions of dollars, and then also cost the Rockets themselves a pretty penny. And I think that Fertitta, Fertitta, kind of felt that by getting rid of Daryl Morey, it was kind of like washing the dirt of the hands and they can restart with James Harden, who has a huge following or knew that at least with this, firing that they can sort of restart um you know relationship with china with james harden as this, as the star market player marketable player but i think james harden knows that it, it's a bit hard you got blood on your hands now um the houston rockets is a bit of a scarred brand i don't know what this can you can you give me a situation on what the houston rockets merch is like in china right now can you buy houston rockets jerseys in, in stores in china i'm not sure i haven't left the house since january <laughs> yeah but yeah, check online. I, I'm. I mean, I'm curious to see, like, even online, if you can purchase it on a Chinese Chinese um, website. It's obviously very important that Fritada gets as much money and makes as much profit, um, you know, from this team as possible without losing and hemorrhaging money into this team. Uh, yeah, I, I think that James Harden does, sees that he doesn't. He doesn't care about. It. He just wants to make money, just want to maximize as much profit. And then he looks at the other situation, you know, out east in Brooklyn, and sees a obviously a very pro-Chinese player, like player that, oh, sorry, a, a governor who can, has, who has a foot into the, into the Asian market. He sees a team that obviously isn't scarred by any of, um, any of that fact, situation. Elevated, and, elevated. Joe Tsai sent out a message. Stand your lane, Adam Silver. But also this, this guy is an MVP. He wins an NBA championship that it's going to cement his legacy forever. Uh, you know, I don't care whatever market, you know, if he wants to dominate any market, NBA championship's going to earn that for him. So I think he, he wants to win. 
And he sees the opportunity to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And why not? Like, why, why, why stop this? You know what I mean? Like, he's 30 years old at this point. 30, I think he's like at that age, 30, 31. He's done everything for your franchise. Like, come on. Where's the goodwill? Just send, send, send them out. Send them out to Brooklyn, please. Look, Kane, the owner for Tata wrote a book called Shut Up and Listen. <laughs> you think this is someone that listens? This is a guy that... He wrote a book that says shut up and listen to me. He, he, wrote, he, he, he is willing to write checks to James Harden for $50 million a year. <sighs> this is going to get nasty, okay? It's going to get nasty. He's not going to let this go. Wait, so do you think it's going to happen? Are you saying because of, of Frittata's pettiness, he's not going to let this happen to the Nets? He's definitely not going to let it happen. So what I don't know is to what extent is Harden willing to make things uncomfortable on that organization. And that comes down to undermining the coach, undermining the culture, because that's something that ultimately Fratita can't stand for, right? Because you can't let a bad apple kind of destroy your locker room and essentially take your, your team hostage, in which case then you need to cut, cut the loss and make a deal with the Nets. But short of that, he's not going to let Harden go. Um, and if Harden just shows up like a good soldier, that's not going to help Harden get moved. He's not going to get moved. I mean, probably he'll be a good soldier this year. But that's what I'm saying. Next year, that's, that's definitely when you have to make a move if Harden's still unwilling to sign an extension. Well, next year is going to be different because the deals are going to be a lot worse next year, right? Because then Harden has the control, hence has the leverage. Yeah, well, that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see. That's for another episode, I guess. Yeah, but I, I think the point here is that I think it really needs to happen and it has to happen now. Not now, but this year. I mean, I hope so. I, I mean, I really hope so, obviously. But, you know, other people have said, like, you know, and I, I would probably say smarter people than me, have said that this trio of stars won't work. You know me, my, my stance is the more stars you have in your team, the likelier you're going to win the championship. And I still feel, feel that way. Like it hasn't swayed me. Um, maybe you don't win every single year, but the chances of you winning any particular year is higher than any other team's chances are going to win. Like, I, I, like, period. Does a Nets team with Kevin, Kevin Durant and Kyrie with bench players, is that a better team than James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant together? I don't think so, but yeah. Anyway. If Harden goes to the Nets, the East should just, they just sit, sit out for the next like three years or four years, okay? Because no one's coming out of the East. <laughs> I'm not saying that Brooklyn's going to win not one, not two, not three championships, but I'm saying they're going to be in the finals every single year. You can book it. If Harden goes to join the Nets, Giannis is irrelevant. I don't give a shit where he goes. It wouldn't make any difference. No one's coming out of the East except the Nets. To me, you know, like I, you know, I'm cynical. I, I just want to, I just want to wait and see. Look, even this season for me is a trial period. I want to see. I think it'll be a fun season for the Nets, uh, assuming everyone stays healthy and assuming KD returns to at least eighty percent. Then I'm happy. I don't think this is a championship season, but I think they will compete for sure. I just don't. I can't say like with any absolute guarantee that they're going to come out of the East. That's all. I think currently constructed with Kyrie Irving and assuming they add another piece, which may not be James Harden, let's just say they add another you know, good piece. They're already favored for me to come out of the East. Let's move on to our next subject. Let's stay in the East and talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. How do you, say, how do you pronounce his name? The Milwaukee Bucks are trying to get a Sacramento player. <laughs> 
but based on Bogdan tips, Bogdanovich. It's like Bogdan the same. Bogdan it's like the same. You say this. You say the first name. You say the first name again, and then Novich. Look, they try to get Bogdan Bogdan, but due to anonymous tips, uh, potentially from your NBA podcast <laughs> at your NBA podcast. <laughs> The NBA stepped in. I guess the, the most pressing impact, it's not so much that they didn't get Bogdan Bogdan, who is a very good player, but obviously it's not, he's not like an all-NBA player. It was a very nice piece. And now to not be able to go through with that transaction, that's got to be a downer. It has to bother Giannis, which is what this whole all these deals are about. Uh, of course, the other great deal that they uh, executed is to, get, to bring Drew Holiday uh, to the Bucks which is a great move. Which is a very good, yeah, great move. Expensive move, but necessary because it's not about just getting Drew, yeah. it's about keeping Giannis. This failed trade attempt is it's leaving, a it's leaving a bad taste in Giannis's mouth, but I think also importantly, they may get fined by the NBA, if not get punished even further by the NBA. And I would like to remind you that in the past, the NBA has stepped in and taken away draft picks for this kind type of tempering. Okay, so just to take a step back, because I know you're basically leaping at the conclusion that Giannis is going to be upset by this, basically, by this, this foobar by the Bucks or uh, management staff. So basically what happened was, and, again, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I didn't fully understand the situation, but Bogdanovich never agreed to the trade. He's a restricted free agent. And uh, when he heard about the trade, is that right? He heard about the trade and he was a restricted free agent. And this was done before the official trade period was in a legal trade period. And then when he saw it, he was like, well, what the hell? Like, I didn't agree to this. Because the assumption is the Bucks worked the deal out with the Kings. The Kings agreed and then the Bucks agreed. And then the Bucks must have leaked the story saying like, hey, we completed this trade to the media. And then the media ran the news and said like, this trade is official. Woj and, you know, all those, all those cats are like, yeah, this is a done deal. Bogdanovich is going to go to the Bucks. And then Bogdanovich is like, what the fuck? I'm a, I'm a free agent. I'm, I'm allowed to exercise my rights to be a free agent. And it's not even free agent period yet. Right? I think, is that, is that the story? That's not quite the story. Because obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks okay. is one of the best teams in the East. Of course, Bogdan, Bogdan Ovik would like to go to the Bucks, right? If the price is right. The problem was that Milwaukee then made a move involving, I think, uh, some other player. It, oh, Jesus Christ, these fucking port foreign players. Something Sova. Ola Sova. Yeah, Ola Sova, or whatever his name is. Oh, yes. They made, a, they made a, a move on that player, thereby affecting the money that Bogdan could have gotten from Milwaukee. So essentially, there's some sort of breakdown in communication whereby... Bogdan didn't have full visibility of all the moves or the actual the actual contract that he was going to get and because the Bucks were also making other moves that in fact changed was going to change uh, the numbers where the conditions of the contract that they were going to offer to Bogdan and I think that's where uh, things mm. started to, to break apart okay yeah so I, I understand so basically um, it's confusing right like when you start to get into the nitty gritty, it's a bit confusing. I, I understand. So basically, um, uh, Ilo Sova 
was uh, uh, Ilyasova's contract was worth seven million dollars going to next season, and they needed his money, uh, needed his contract to make the deal work. But because uh, they waived him or something before the sign trade was official, then uh, and because it was off the books, then they couldn't complete the trade anymore. I think. Exactly. They exactly. couldn't match Bogdanovich's salary for the sign trade. And and then the interesting thing is like the sign and trade um, was done outside the tampering, uh, the legal tampering period or whatever you want to call it. I, I have a few more thoughts on that because I think it's a bit nonsense. But in any case, the law is all these deals have to be done during the legal tampering period. And because it was done outside of it, I feel like a few people that, you know, the other 29 teams that don't want the Bucks to succeed um, saw this as opportunity of like a clear sign of tampering and like, hey, what the fuck? The Bucks are in contact with the player and well, teams. I was calling the hotline. I was calling the bubble hotline. Like every team goes through this. It's it's a pretty common practice that they talk to these like players and stuff. Look at last season. We know for a fact that last season, not everyone signed, like not everyone started to chat to teams at midnight uh, during the legal tampering period and immediately signed with the teams. Like Kevin Durant didn't just have no conversation to instant signing a max with the Brooklyn Nets. They were obviously in contact with each other. Um, So I think that's one reason why right now the free agency period hasn't gone gangbusters as quickly out of the gates because, yes, teams probably haven't had as much chance to contact players. and yeah, because the NBA wants to put a lockdown on, on that kind of, yeah, pre-chattel. But in this case, this news, this trade was leaked, I think, about like 48 hours, if not three days ahead of... That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're right. It's like you, these deals couldn't be all signed within like two minutes of midnight or whenever the thing was lifted, right? It must be worked out ahead of time. But at the same time, you can't like announce this like three days ahead. That's too much. <laughs> mm. But that's what I'm saying. These sources like Shams and Woj, they get it from team sources. And the team sources we're talking about is the Bucks. The Bucks are the one that's leaking it, bragging about getting Drew Holiday, getting Bogdanovich. Look at us. Look at us, Giannis. We're doing all these sweet deals to keep you here. Only for it to blow up in the face. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but uh, like, that's what I'm saying. So it's sad for the Bucks that they couldn't manage this properly. They couldn't manage to keep the lid on the story and do this in-house and do it secretly like every other fucking team does, obviously. <laughs> that every other team operates in with some type of respect and modicum of, and respect of the rules of tampering period. Because like you said, they're not going to crack down on teams for doing these, these deals because it's an open secret. They, this is what happens. Magic Johnson was camped out in front of LeBron's house yeah, for exactly. like three well, days. He talks about a talk show publicly. He's like, okay, well, Amazon was like, dude, you can't do that. that that's obviously dumb what you did. Oh, yeah. And everything Magic Johnson was dumb. <laughs> I'm glad that the NBA fired his ass. But, you know, the Bucks, yeah, you do something dumb like this where you leak sources, where you're not keeping a tight lid on, on you know, tight, you're not running a tight ship. Um, it's going to blow up in your face. The NBA is going to crack down because people are going to complain about this shit if it's obvious. And unfortunately for the Bucks, this is obvious. And it's going to blow up in their face because it, to me, it seems like Giannis isn't going to be happy about this. Um, and then just to shift it, I think the NBA also just had no ch- had no choice. But if you think about it, these dates, like I don't know. I know we've it's always been a running theme. Like, what's the point of this legal tampering period? Like, it's a dumb, it's a dumb thing anyway. Like, dumb calendar event. But 
this especially this year it's all arbitrary like they move the dates all around like right now like who cares if it's the 21st or the 23rd or whatever the dates are set because they they've just they literally set those dates like a, two weeks ago i think that's really missing the point jaywalking is illegal and if you jaywalk you're probably okay but you're not gonna like go film yourself jaywalking and send it to the police station okay and go look at me look at me everyone look at me i'm breaking yeah, the law uh, yeah that's a good point you're forcing your hand you're forcing other people's hands the league doesn't want to like bother doing this to the milwaukee bucks which is a small market but you flaunt like this and what do you think what do you think dan gilbert's going to do what do you think other teams are going to do Atlanta, maybe they want Bogdan. Yeah, they don't want this to be like flashed in their face. Yeah. And again, if he signed yeah. at 601, teams are going to say, okay, fine, right? We're all doing this, fine. But if you're doing this three days, <laughs> three days prior, <laughs> two okay, days or it's too much. It's too much. No, no, I understand. The deeper issue is it makes me question what is the Milwaukee's Bucks line of communication with Giannis? Why did they have to leak this? to the public in order to mm. get a message to mm. Giannis? He, he, they couldn't just call Giannis and go, hey, Giannis, psst, look, this is what we're doing. You know, wait for our news for a couple of days. This is what we're <laughs> yeah. doing. Uh, 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 twist in the story, Giannis, Giannis reported the box. <laughs> Giannis reported Giannis is too like, chicken get, shit get me out to of here. <laughs> ask out for the team. So he doesn't, he doesn't want, he's too chicken shit to speak to the management and say, I, I want out, I want to trade. So he leaks this, like, so he's like, look, you forced my hand. This team is shit. I can't win with this team. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go, guys. Sorry. But, but am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I know. I, that's what I was saying. I agree with you. That was the aim. It was to kind of let Giannis know and like kind of show off like, hey, Giannis, look at all the sweet deals. We got Drew Holiday and now we got Bogdan Bogdanovich like within the last like couple of minutes together. I think they'll like report at the same time like, Drew Holiday, sweet deal. Okay, it's expensive, but look, Drew Holiday is one of the most respected defensive perimeter players in the NBA. Oh, you know, minutes later, Bogdan Bonavich, like a sharpshooter, great player, is going to join this team along with Chris Milton to anchor the wings. Great signing. Uh, and then, like, a couple of days later, like, well, wait a minute. It hasn't even started yet. How did this shit get agreed on? So... I mean, I do feel bad for them. Like, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the box, you can't help but feel bad. Like, you can't. You're gonna be angry, but you're also gonna feel bad. This is this is instant karma at its worst. And yeah, it, and to your macro point, it might end up costing them Giannis. Like, if the if people already pretty hesitant that Giannis doesn't want to stay in a small market and doesn't want to be part of this town in Milwaukee because he doesn't believe it vibes with him culturally and socially, this is another like dagger to you know the, the narrative that Giannis will sign on and stay uh because they make boneheaded decisions like this this is not what professional organizations do like I only look at the Nets because the Nets no one in the fucking media knew Steve Nash was signing no one Woj was surprised that Steve Nash was signing everyone thought it was going to be a big name and and it's just natural because Brooklyn's a big market when they signed Steve Nash no one had a clue. No one was on the radar about it. Not even super, you know, super information guy Woj knew about it. And that's what I'm talking about. The organization runs um, together. They run in a tight ship and they run under the single leadership of, of Sean Marks because he tells them what to do, how to do it and how to operate. Um, and, you know, it might seem small, it might, but the point is they run together as one. One with the other... Um, 
age, uh, agents and um, coaches and stuff like that. And one with the players. The players are on board. The players have a direct um, line of communication with Sean Monks and the coaches. And that's how they operate. That's what Kevin Durant wanted. He wanted that stake in decision-making and, and, and Sean Monks is facilitating that. Oh, I know. That. Was Steve Nash's wife reported to the Vancouver police that she saw her husband get into a car with a bunch of Chinese people. And two weeks later, <laughs> Steve Nash showed Came up in Brooklyn. Little, little, like, <laughs> gold, like diamond, diamond earrings. And <laughs> two weeks later, he showed up in Brooklyn announcing he's going to he's gonna coach. <laughs> Check out our new house, honey. It's like a skyscraper. Check his body for bruises. <laughs> Look, so I think that's a serious, that's a, that's a tell sign that something is not quite right there. Um, and it probably is that Giannis has not been in constant communication with the team. Now the question is like, hopefully the league will take it easy on them. Um, maybe just give them a fine. I think that's okay. But if they're gonna like, you know, take picks away from them, that's getting draft picks. <laughs> they already gave draft picks <laughs> a lot of draft picks away. Yeah, that's but that's not my point. Everyone's gonna look at Morky like dumb. Morky so dumb. Uh, they deserve this. Like this is what you get. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, it, this, these things are all true. But then, like, I look at the NBA and, like, you imposed this because you, you created these deadlines and you created these dates that are, are fairly arbitrary because you can move them around whenever you want. Um, you've only kind of imposed them because of, you know, like, because of coronavirus and all these dates. But they can be moved. It's so flexible because of whatever you want them to be. Um, Clearly, because it was like done like just two weeks before it was announced what the dates were. Um, so, you know, your analogy of jaywalking. Yeah, but jaywalking has been in like the law for a long time. This is like a fairly new law. And I think this should have been a bit more lenient. That's all. Like, yeah, two days is a bit long. So, yes, they deserve to renege on this. But yeah, like if it was done 30 minutes before, a day before, uh, who cares? Like, fuck, it's... Just some dumb dates. It's okay to be a little bit selfish, okay, Kane? You don't want Giannis in Milwaukee. You, I mean, you don't want a great Milwaukee team if you're hoping that Nets get into the finals. Well, I don't want Giannis to team up in some super, super team either. I don't want him to join, like, um, uh, the Knicks. Oh, yeah, he can go to the Knicks. He's not going to get the Knicks. The Knicks got no one. Like this is like we're well into <laughs> we're well into free agency and Knicks like picked up no one. I think they pay like six million dollars to a player that I've never heard of. That's how the Knicks are doing. <laughs> it's kind of pathetic. And, um, just just to wrap up, <laughs> just to wrap up the news. We talked about the Raptors. It's been confirmed. Uh, the Raptors are playing in Tampa, Florida, because uh, the 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 Canadian government does not want them to play in Canada. <laughs> NBA champions, they don't even have a, they don't even have a fucking home. <laughs> They're not homeless. They're homeless. <laughs> Send them out. Yeah. If I was Messiah, I'd say, instead of Tampa, let's move to Milwaukee. Let's play in Milwaukee. <laughs> maybe, in the, maybe in the Bucks <laughs> arena. <laughs> hey, can we share your home yeah. arena, please? Yeah. That's cool. Can we share, Giannis, can we share lockers with you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the, the last thing, what's the last piece of news before we get, go into rapid fire, just talk about uh, some of the, the deals that's been made. Uh, let's talk about John Wall. Oh, yeah, true. Not because I care oh, about yeah. John Wall. John Wall is trash. This, this is a guy that injured himself and then probably went clubbing again and injured himself again while he was injured and basically you know, wasted two years of, of his okay. life. 
I mean, I think you're a bit harsh on him, but yes, good, very. Good. So you believe that he somehow tripped while he was rehabbing at home? No, no, no. I'm saying like, you know, all those things can be true, but I'm saying this might be a new John Wall. Like he deserves the benefit of the doubt that he can get his career back on track because when he's healthy, he's... Oh, seriously, when he's healthy, he's an all-star. He's like, especially in the East, he's a guaranteed all-star in the East. Yeah, I agree. He was an all-star in 2014. But John Wall, who I thought, I thought yeah, I was going to go back to the Wizards. And that's sort of what he's been saying all along. So it actually came as quite a surprise that I'm now hearing that John Wall has demanded. Well, according to Shams, he has made it clear he wants to be moved. Um, which I think is also surprising. It is fairly demanded because, uh, I don't know. Look, so uh, he was connected to trades with Russell Westbrook, which seems like a fair trade because both are, are due on ungodly amounts of money um, that maybe they don't deserve. Uh, John Wall is due 40 mil, 43 mil, and then 46 mil for the next three years. And to your point, he hasn't played an NBA game in the last two years. Um, so I, I don't know who's going to want John Wall or who's going to be willing to pay for John Wall. No one. And then if John Wall's demanding a trade, that means that they have to give up draft picks to get rid of John Wall, it's similar to like a Chris Paul situation. Pre-Thunder, obviously. So what's interesting about this trade is that with John Wall gone, and we know that he's going to be gone, because, I mean, there was already yeah, questions. Once. Uh, I don't know. He has the Wizards the have to attach draft picks. This is a rebuilding team. They don't want to give draft picks away. That's, that's tough. But whether he's gone or he's, they're just not going to play him or just like keep on the bench, the point is that the torch has been passed while he was away and the torch is now, this is now Bradley Beal's team. Uh, the question I have for you is, do you think Beal is still in play for the Nets? Nah, I, I think Beal's true to his word. He wants to stay with the Wizards and that's why I don't put too much stock. Like I think this is John Wall being a bit like, you know, diva. And hearing these trade rumors and saying like, fuck it, you, you wanted me out, then I'm out. I'm out of here. I mean, I don't care about how this team goes. I think they're a rebuilding team regardless if they got Beal and um, Wall still. But I think Beal, like you said, being the star player now of this team, being the guy that's been to a couple of all-star games now, is going to talk some sense to John Wall. If, he, if Beal wants to keep John Wall around um, and say like, hey, we need you, you know, you're my brother, like let's let's stay together. Like let's keep this going because, to be honest, they're not going to get anyone to replace John Wall. Even if John Wall is a show of himself, uh, they're not going to get anyone because they have to trade John Wall and draft picks to get like you know a a a good D League player kind of thing like that. They're not going to get anyone of value. That's that's a problem. Maybe they get Russell Westbrook, but I if I was Beal, I'd rather play with John Wall than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's I mean? true. Because at least they have a you know they have chemistry. If I was Beal and I, like, you know, I kind of see that John Wall wants out and, you know, you consider him a good friend, I, I would probably try to talk to him and try to talk him out of trading, getting him traded away. Right. Because there's just no one you're going to get for him, like, you know, sensibly. No one's going to sensibly trade for John Wall. <laughs> like, hundred over $120 million for the next three years. This aging, Jeez. fattening uh, shooting guard turning into a powerful. I, I guess John Wall could eat himself to be power forward shape and then go to Detroit. I think they're looking for power forwards. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Hoya. <laughs> I don't think so harsh. I'm so, so sorry for you. Uh, Have you seen Wall. the Detroit Pistons? I Detroit Pistons you... drafted like 
Hoya, why? I explain I this to me. Why are your de- the beloved Detroit Pistons signing uh, Mason Plumley for like twenty five million dollars? They signing Mason. <laughs> yeah, they're signing Mason Plumley, even though they already have uh, Christian Wood, who's like a promising young center. And they also gave away Luke Kennard, who apparently was like a really key pivotal player, like getting nineteen points per game. They traded him away uh, for a draft Okafor. pick. Who's like a power? Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel, yeah. yeah. I think, like, what no, the fuck is he it? doing? Oh, well. Is, are there other players that they can't shoot? They want to play the version any... of Big Ball. <laughs> they're playing play Big Ball. <laughs> I think they're going to get Mason Plumlee playing center. Right, right. Um... Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, actually, while we're here, while we're on the subject, let's just check out this Pistons depth chart. Depth chart because uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I mean, and also they still got Blake Griffin, right? Like he's not going; he hasn't gone anywhere. They finally got rid of someone that couldn't shoot, and uh, Andre Drummond, and now they replaced him with like three, four other players that can't shoot. <laughs> Wait, what? What's happening? Uh. <laughs> Please explain. I don't want you. Oh, I don't hey, want to make you uncomfortable. Derek Rose. They got Trevor Ariza. They got Blake Griffin. They got Christian Wood. Like I said, promising player. That's probably their best, like, trade asset if they ever wanted to get a good player for him. Yeah, I mean they don't have the new. They don't have Mason Plumlee yet. What? How about Stephen Adams? Where's Stephen? Oh, Stephen Adams is going to. Uh, he's going to New Orleans. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's let's, let's, let's do some lightning, lightning, lightning round. Key lightning deals. round. Let's just go through the key deals. Uh, there's a couple surprising ones. So first, Danilo Gallinari signs three years, sixty-one point five fucking million dollars with the Atlanta Hawks. Wow. Okay, this is a player that I thought yeah. couldn't like play, play twenty games a year, and the Hawks gave him sixty-two yeah, million dollars. Yeah, he was with the Knicks. Then he reju- reju- rejuvenated his career with the Thunder. Um, yeah, good for him. Next, we have, of course, your man, Joe Harris. Joe Harris signed four years, $75 million with the Nets. Wow. Big move. Big move. I mean, good for him. This was a guy two seasons ago when we first started talking. You, you had no idea who this player is. I call him Jay um, Harris. Now he's one of the... He's one of the premier, you know, sharpshooters in the league, and he's playing on a championship-contending squad with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't think you, in your wildest dreams, would ever imagined Absolutely that not. Joe Harris would have been like a pivotal part of a team with KD and and Kyrie, right? So, two years ago, I did not know who this person was, and then he won a three-point competition, and then he played for Team USA, and now he's got a four-year, seventy-five million dollars contract with the Nets. Okay, next is Montreal Harrell signs a two-year. Yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, Montreal Harrell two-year, $19 million with the Lakers. The Lakers got busy and, and and also signed Wes Matthews for like a minimum deal, basically. Like maybe slightly more than a minimum deal. Uh, so basically, Harrell, Matthews, and also they traded for Dennis Schroeder, who basically takes over the starting point guard duties over Rondo. So basically, they've replaced Rondo with uh, Schroeder they replaced KCP with Matthews, assuming KCP doesn't resign. They still still got LeBron. AD will resign when he resigns, which hasn't happened yet. But um, Woj and everyone else has confirmed he definitely will return to the Lakers at the cost. We'll find out. And then Harold, um, yeah, should be playing center or power forward or some kind of combination with that. And he's a good player because he can shoot a three and plays very good defense. He's the reigning sixth man of the year. So. 
Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, especially if they trade Kuzma. I think the the rumors are there right now, and we'll see what happens when we when this episode drops. But the rumor right now is KCP or Kuzma to to the Kings for Bogdanovich, Ooh. which is ultimate fu to the Bucks. Oh, I love it! I love it. Nice. I mean, they need to get real Kuzma. I mean, I know Kuzma was the third leading scorer for this team, but uh, I, I think they can do better than uh, Kuzma. I like it. I like it. They're trading a trash can for a Bogdan. Love it. Net plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the next one's funny. Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard said that uh, uh, Lakers is where he wants to be. <laughs> was it purple? Purple and gold will never get old. And then like. Yeah, and then a like, second later, he signs a one-year deal with the Sixers. He's like, "Go Sixers!" <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 happened there? Did Dwight um, yeah. did he did he forget what the Sixers colors were or what? <laughs> so originally, I thought Dwight Howard committed to the Lakers and then he bailed because he got a better deal or more playing time with the Sixers. So mm. I thought it was him bailing, but in this case, it was actually the opposite. It was that the Lakers didn't give Dwight Howard the deal on time. Essentially, but Dwight Howard wanted to stay with the Lakers. He wanted to stay with the Lakers, um, and he thought that there was a deal in place. But then Lakers said, "Oh, that's not actually the final deal. It's like the concept of a deal. So we're going to get back to you." And then Dwight Howard waited an hour, and then the mm. Lakers still didn't get back to him. And then he signed with with the Sixers for a little less money, or actually maybe a little bit uh, more money, maybe a little bit more money. I mean, interest like interestingly, it's pretty much the same deal he got last year with the Lakers maybe just like slightly more but it's the vets minimum basically with the Sixers um which is what we said once you get a minimum deal it's it's hard to break out of the minimum like you know cycle it's extremely hard unless you way outperform your your contract which is not what how not what Howard did so he'll be backing up um Joe Embiid and yeah I mean hopefully he continues to (laughs) To play well. I'll miss him with the Lakers. I, I was so wrong with him on the Lakers because he was such a energy piece. He was so pivotal to like coming off the bench a lot of times. Like not every single time, but um the the last name, let's skip D- Davis Bertans, who signed five years, 80 millions. I don't really know this player. Uh, he plays for the Wizards. He's like really tall. He's a really good three-point shooter. One of like the most ex- um efficient three-point shooters in the league. Danilo Garlinari, three years, sixty-two million dollars. Joe Harris, four years, $75 million. Davis Bertans, five year, $80 million. There seems to be a pattern developing. I'm not sure if Detroit is actually recognizing this. Apparently you have to shoot in basketball. You have to, apparently you have to shoot. Hmm. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Shooters. <laughs> well, we just signed Jalil Okafor and Mason Plumley. Oh shit. Damn it. We, we, we've traded Andre Drummond. How are we going to replace that 40% three free throw Wait. shooter? <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick. Mason Plumlee, how many brothers can you bring over? Quick, yeah. <laughs> Get me Jalim Okafor's agent on the line right now. Stat. Mason Plumlee, how, many, how, how threes, much money right? can we give him? How much money can we give him? What's his current contract? <laughs> A minimum? Okay, let's, let's quadruple it. Give him... <laughs> <laughs> just give him the axe, I don't care. Oh, God, God bless Nathan Plumlee. Blessed. Blessed. Yeah, good for him. Okay, Kane, it's getting very late, and we've been talking for a very, very long time. Any final words for our dear listeners? I'm looking forward to Houston just buying the bullet and just, like, folding. 
I, actually, I want Fatir to sell the team. Did, <laughs> oh, Rockets fans don't deserve You realize he just bought the team, right? Sold the team. He just bought the team. Yeah, I know. But I think there's been rumors that he could sell it to, like, I don't know, some kind of Microsoft billionaire or Do something. you think Joe Tsai can buy the Rockets and then just basically buy Harden? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And have two? That would be funny. He'll buy the Rockets and then he'll fill it with, like, Chinese players. <laughs> Please tell me that's like impossible, right? Like a one owner cannot buy two NBA teams. Is right? that not allowed? You can't buy and just fill it with Chinese of players. I assume that's not. Yeah, I assume it's not allowed. Come on, sounds funny. Uh, because you know, there's like no. a famous Chinese uh, basketball association team called the Rockets. Right? Oh, really? No idea. Yeah. But it's based on the Houston Rockets. They named it after. No, Houston. no, it's he's based. It's based on the. It's a military team, so it's. I don't know what they based it on. It's, they're just called the the Rockets. They're called the the eight one Rockets. Eight one is like August first. I think that's the date that the Liberation Army was formed. Cool. All right. Until next time, uh, Roy Hibbert, keep your keep your phone on. You might be getting a call from Detroit. <laughs> see ya. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to Your MBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your MBA Podcast.